Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, this is The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction here on the uh, Relevant Radio app and relevantradio.com. And maybe you're listening on your own local terrestrial radio, uh, radio station, too. Glad to have you listening wherever you are. I'm Josh Raymond. And uh, have you started on your Christmas shopping yet? Do you have any of those gifts already purchased for your family and friends? Or are you one of those people who wait until the last minute to go and get something as a Christmas present? There was one point early in my marriage where I had put off getting, uh, you know, main presents for my wife. I might have had one or two things, but I knew I needed more. And I found myself at a Walgreens at 7.30 in the evening on Christmas Eve. And as I walked into that Walgreens and I started browsing the shelves for a gift that hopefully wouldn't look like I had only found it late on Christmas Eve, I started observing all of the other shoppers. And now maybe this was just that Walgreens, but I couldn't help but smile to myself at how this seemed to be a fairly general snapshot of one of those differences between men and women. Because in that Walgreens, there were a bunch of other men on their own. I don't remember seeing one other woman that was shopping there that night. And all of the men, they were all doing the same thing, wandering from shelf to shelf, picking up an item, examining it considering if it would pass muster as a gift for their wife, and most of the time setting it back down. They're going from boxes of chocolates to Chia Pets to fuzzy socks and so on. All of these men, they were trying to find that last-minute gift. And after that, I decided I am not ever going to put myself in that position again. So I've been really quite good about planning ahead for getting Christmas presents. My wife, Baylen, she is the champion of planning ahead for Christmas shopping and finding gifts. And with us having nine children in our family, she wants to be on top of things so that she's not scrambling there at the last minute. So it's not unusual for her to start buying presents for Christmas, you know, one here, one there, as early as June or July. But a few years ago, she'd been quite diligent in trying to get all of her Christmas shopping done before Advent ever began. And she told me that that season of Advent... It was the best of her life. She wasn't distracted by trying to figure out what gifts still needed to be purchased. She was able to just really enjoy that time where we're supposed to be preparing our hearts and our minds to welcome Jesus into the world at Christmas. And I thought, boy, that's a really fantastic idea. So for the last couple of years, I've also made that my goal. I've tried to plan ahead so that I have very little or no Christmas shopping to worry about through the season of Advent. And I really recommend it to you if you can do that. If you can, you know, have all of that done ahead of time, do it. Uh, You know, the giving and receiving gifts of Christmas, I love it. It's wonderful. And this time of year is my favorite time of year. You know, the autumn colors and running into Christmas, into the winter. 
But I have enjoyed Advent so much more when it's not been crowded by all of the consumerism that shoved down our throats in November and December. And right now, today, we stand one week away from what is usually ranked as the busiest shopping day of the year, Black Friday. And over the last decade, we've seen the growth of the Monday after Thanksgiving for online shopping, now called Cyber Monday. And if you're like me, you're probably already seeing your, e- your email inbox get filled with all kinds of pre-Black Friday sales and specials. And online shopping has made Christmas shopping so much easier, especially when so many things get delivered to your home within a day or two. I don't even have to get off the couch to buy anything anymore. Now, we all have things that we need, no doubt about it. You know, for many of uh, us, myself included, we buy buy far more than what we really need. And that consumeristic, that consumerism mentality that we have, especially as we're heading towards this time of year, buying all those gifts, what does that do to us spiritually? How does that impact our soul? How does it impact our relationship with God? Well, that's what we want to discuss today on The Inner Life, how we can look at consumerism and the things that we purchase in a healthy way so that we don't put our spiritual health in jeopardy. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour, Father John McDonald is back with us once again. He's a priest in the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama. He's the pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Church in Anniston, Alabama. Uh, Father McDonald, I'm so glad to have you back here on The Inner Life today as we talk about how we can look at a healthy ideal of consumerism in our society. I hope you're having a wonderful Friday morning. Well, I am, Josh, and and thank you, too. It's good to talk to you and and start this conversation uh, again. I'm I'm so pleased to be able to to kind of deal with this idea of of consumerism. Well, and if ever there was a day that seems to celebrate and revel in all things dealing with consumerism, it's, like I said, Black Friday. So as we do begin our conversation today about consumerism, about the impact it can have on us spiritually— uh, it might be good to maybe start with the fact that buying things, that's not necessarily a sin. It's not the problem. I, am I correct in saying that the problem, it really comes down to a matter of our attitude, our heart intent when we're purchasing things? Well, I think so, Josh. And, um, you know, the the things themselves are are really rather neutral, you know, not really bad and not really good. But 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 it's the it's, it's, as you say it's the desire of our heart that ultimately can push the material thing in one direction or the other. Um, it it makes me think a lot about how our Lord went into the temple and the temple in the scriptures sort of prefigures for us um, where of course is where God wishes to dwell and then of course in the Old Testament God came to dwell in the temple on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And then he made his presence. It came to dwell in the person of the of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And his desire is to dwell in us. Right? So, so there's a sense in which the purification of the temple, um, it, and we remember that all the people that were in the temple trading and doing things were doing things that were considered uh, practical and necessary for the sacrifices of the day. But the Lord Jesus purifies that temple so that we can all turn our hearts and turn our minds to this concept of making once again 
the place where the Lord wants to dwell, a house of prayer in, in relationship with God. And so the material things are going to be indicative or how we use our material things and seek them is going to be indicative of our relationship with God. Well, okay, so going off of what you just said, a couple of things. You said the things that were being bought and sold in the temple were seen as practical, as necessary. And it was because people were coming in and they'd buy different birds or other animals that they would then offer as sacrifice. So it was something that was for the purpose of the people going into the temple. It wasn't as if they were just simply selling uh, uh, trinkets or, um, you know, uh, (laughs) something for tourists. It was actually for the temple. But then we also have in that that, uh, moment there, when Jesus drives out the money changers, he turns over their tables. It's one of those rare instances where we see Jesus, what is called righteous anger. So I guess there's a couple of things here that uh, it brings to mind. One is, how do, we, how do we know where we purge the things that we maybe think are practical and necessary, but maybe God doesn't? How do we identify those? And then the second part is, it might be that God does something rather direct in our lives then. If he is willing to have that righteous anger and do something that, you know, on the surface seems really out of character for Jesus, um, to kind of act in a more direct, violent manner, and I say violent in quotation marks there, but Mm -hmm. um, God might kind of hit us over the head, so to speak, to try and get our attention, uh, where, where do we go with that image then in our own lives? I think it has a lot to do with uh, consolations, how, we, how God wants to give us consolations. You know, Jesus's his anger in the temple wasn't the kind of anger directed at people to find fault with them. His anger was the kind of anger that is a frustration at what the people were missing out on that God wanted to give them. Um, and and what God wants to give us is consolations, and that is in a, a really beautiful and poignant way the Christmas message. You know that the source of all consolation comes into this world, which cannot console us. So when we go out into the store and we go shopping, um, in our spiritual lives, it's important to pay attention to what's happening within us. Um, and again, like we've talked about, you you made a you introduced a perfect example talking about the Walgreens and haven't we been there? Um, that moment didn't give you very much consolation, I imagine. It, it is something where frustration builds in the heart because there's something that you want to give, but time and space somehow didn't provide what was required to give it. And our own fallenness and the flaws that we have in organizing things. But we are still, I mean, as, as nice as it is to give, the best thing to give is the consolation. And, and I think that that's where we uh, make good discernment in our lives, in, is in seeking the things and the actions that do bring us consolations, things that give us a happiness that remains, and then avoiding those things that bring us desolation or dryness or that kind of desert feeling of those frustrations. So I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good general principle to always hunt the consolations and leave the other stuff behind. 
Our spiritual director this hour on The Inner Life is Father John McDonald, a priest in the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama. He's the pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Church in Anniston, Alabama. Today, talking about consumerism, how we don't let that take over in our lives. And what have you done in your life to help you not get too caught up in feeling like you need the newest or the latest things or that uh, you have to make sure that you buy whatever it is, whether it's for you, whether it is a gift with the holidays upon us, and especially with the holidays upon us, how do you find that balance in your life between buying gifts or those things for yourself and keeping your focus on God? And our studio line to join the conversation is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can email us at innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, um, you know, as you're talking about and kind of going back to uh, words of Jesus, a different pl- uh, place in Scripture in the Sermon on the Mount, he gives us warnings about our relationship with possessions and with money. And... If we're going to be consumers, we obviously have to have money, and we're talking about things that we then, you know, goods or services that we then take as our possessions. And Jesus says you can't have two masters. You can't serve God, and the word he uses is mammon, but you'll either serve one or the other. And I remember hearing this talk years ago that was given by Matthew Kelly, and he was talking about the brands that we have in our consumeristic society. And he asked this question, do you know who used the very first brands in history, the very first time brands were used? Any idea, Father? I can't hazard a guess. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I didn't know either, but he said brands were first used by ranchers in the U.S. They'd brand their cattle to be able to distinguish their cattle from a neighboring ranch. And this was to show ownership of the cattle. But then Matthew Kelly, he then pointed out that now we are the ones who are wearing the brands. We've kind of turned ourselves into the cattle. And then he asked that very pointed question. He said, do we own the brands or do the brands own us? And I think this kind of goes back to that statement of Jesus's where we'll either serve God or we'll find ourselves serving our possessions. So how do you think that we we can realize if we've started down a road of putting too much worth into money and the things that we're buying, the, the possessions that we have, how do, how, do we, how do we work our mind so that we are looking, as you said, for the consolation, the things that bring lasting joy, happiness, peace in our lives? And because I've got to imagine for most people, It's got to be small little things at a time. It's not like somebody just immediately says, okay, I'm going to go crazy and buy everything I can, and I'm just going to dive headfirst into being this overly consumeristic kind of person. I would think Mm -hmm. it's little by little. It starts to kind of get into your your mind, into your heart, into the way that you behave. Well, now you've opened up a a can here talking about animals and the brands on cattle and stuff like that, especially when you talk to somebody from Alabama because this is a very familiar experience for many of us that grew up in rural places. And you're talking about the branding of cattle, but it makes me think that even before people branded cattle so that they would know the cattle that were theirs, the Lord Jesus tells us that his sheep know his voice. So um, that is a relationship. That's a relationship. So the sheep of his pasture know his voice 
And the sheep that are of a different fold don't recognize that shepherd's voice because it's not familiar to them. And I think for those of us that have the great grace of having been uh, brought into the body of Christ, the members of his church and members of his little flock, you know, we, we have to recognize his voice when he calls. And, and again, similarly with the idea of consolation, it's pretty clear when the Lord Jesus calls. At least I feel like it is. An example that comes to me, too, is I was fortunate enough on you know, my mother's side of the family to have grandparents that were older than most people's grandparents. They started their family later in life. And so my grandmother was born in 1903, my grandfather in 1905. And they had brothers and sisters. And my grandfather in particular had a lot of brothers and two sisters. And I remember at Christmas, they would all go around visiting. And they would kind of, as you mentioned, they'd go to buy something at the drugstore to bring as a little present when they went visiting. And that's because they thought that was a really, really nice thing because they came from a time and an era when access to things simply wasn't there. And they would come and sit in the living room and we'd all be excited. We never really knew when they were going to come because people didn't call before they visited. There wasn't all this, let me text to see if I can call you kind of thing. They just came. And it was always a joy for us. I remember my Uncle Price in particular, how, how much fun it was when we saw him drive up in the driveway. And all he ever used to bring was a Whitman sampler of chocolates. But the whole point that I want to make is he came to bring us this relationship. We might not have seen him all the rest of the year, our, my great uncle. But when he came, he walked in the house and he brought all this light and goodness and joy just to sit down and talk and tell stories and remember things and be together. So I think the relationship is a key concept here in recognizing when we go out to buy Christmas presents even. What kind of relationship is this gift going to help me further? With another person, with God himself. You know, if I'm spending money just to spend it, to impress somebody with the expense of a gift, is that a right relationship? Or did I sure. go out to get something beautiful for that person that I love? Right. I, you know, as you're saying, am I doing it, you know, to impress the other thought that comes, am I doing it just because I feel it's out of obligation rather than I really want to love that person and build that relationship with that person, that obligation might be something that gets in the way. So again, you, you know, it comes back to what we said at the beginning, kind of that heart attitude of how we're looking at what we're purchasing how how we approach consumerism in our society. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and consumerism, well, I'm another spiritual director told me one time years and years ago, and I'm so glad he told me, said that a lot of our sinfulness and our sinful orientations are really an uh, endeavor to escape loneliness. And somehow the devil tells us that buying these presents is going to make us make people want to be around us more and love us more and we won't be so lonely. Hmm. But the relationship is really what we want to focus on. The gift is simply a detail and a symbol of the relationship. And it's that way, I think, with the with the with the gifts that were brought to the Lord Jesus by the Magi. 
Each one of the gifts that was given to him indicated something essential about their relationship to God. You know, the king, the suffering savior, um, you know, the, the, the one, the anointed one. Um, you know, the, they, they all all those gifts indicated things that uh, made it known in the world that the Messiah had come in our midst. And he came simply to create this relationship. Our spiritual director is Father John McDonald, a priest in the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama. Today we're talking about how we don't get too caught up in consumerism and how we make space for God in our lives. We look for those relationships that we can build. We look for how God is speaking to us. And what have you done in your life to help you not get too caught up in feeling like you do need uh, all of those things that it seems like we need, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. And especially with the holidays coming up here, how do you find that balance in your life between buying gifts or buying things for yourself and keeping your focus on your relationship with God? And our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue our conversation in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father John McDonald, a priest in the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama. Today, talking about consumerism, how we don't let it take over in our lives, how we allow Christ to work in our lives and purify us so that there's that place, that time and that place in our lives the space that's given for him to be there and how he can uh, transform us. And how about you? How have you made that time and that space in your life for Christ? How do you not get too caught up, especially here at the holiday time, uh, get too caught up in having to buy so much, all those gifts that we feel like we have to get and give? And how have you lived that out in your life? How have you found that balance between buying the gifts, building those relationships with family and friends, and keeping your focus on God and what he's saying in your life. 888-914-9149 is our studio line, 888-914-9149. You also might have heard just really briefly there uh, at the beginning of this last break, we have an opportunity for you to participate in what's kind of a first-of-its-kind audio advent calendar. And I really like this <laughs> concept uh, because Relevant Radio is working with the Merry Beggars and the 
there's that episode by episode of A Christmas Carol that you can sign up for, and a new episode will be available from December 1st all the way through Christmas Day, December 25th, and it's really, really well done. A lot of professional actors that came to provide the voices. It's kind of that classic radio theater, radio drama presentation. Uh, I hope you sign up. It's really, really simple, absolutely free. Just sign up. Uh, go to relevantradio.com or on the relevant radio app and you'll see the picture there the banner for a christmas carol and you can sign up you can register so that you can access each one of those episodes and just kind of have that countdown uh, throughout the season of advent uh, father mcdonald as we're talking today about consumerism we've talked about how we look for those moments in our life where god's speaking to us about how we allow christ to cleanse and purify us. You, you gave that image of Christ going into the temple there during Holy Week and cleansing the temple so that uh, the people would be able to see the consolation that God really wanted them to have. One of the things that strikes me, too, is how much time we devote to the things that we own or even acquiring those things that we want, those things that we like. And I've known a lot of people who have very valuable collections. I mean, there's, you know, people who collect all kinds of things might not be valuable, but uh, the house that my family lives in, the people who lived there before us, before we bought the house, the husband had an entire room that was devoted to this massive comic book collection. And it was set up in a room all by itself. No one was allowed into that room. You couldn't set foot in there. All the blinds were kept drawn. The door was shut and locked. And when we walked through the house, before, you know, when we were just looking and saying, okay, would this work for our family? We could only, under his direct supervision, kind of poke our heads through the door and peek into the room. And we couldn't step in for fear that we might accidentally damage something. And I like comics. <laughs> I've read lots of comics in my life. And this man was a really nice guy. And even though I only met him a couple of times, I liked him. He seemed really like a decent man. But a collection like that, and I'm not judging a collection. I'm just using it as an example. A collection like that, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of resources. And it takes time to build and maintain a collection like that, time that could be used for other things. So one of those things that comes into my mind is, wow, that time, you know, that, that is devoted to that. That's another aspect of this that maybe you can talk about to us is, is not just treating time as if it's something to be thrown away. We all, that's one of our most precious resources. Well, it is. And, and, and again, it's, it's very hard to say how, you know, someone spends their time, even with a collection like that, we really don't, it's impossible to say, you know, um, make a moral valuation of how someone is, is passing their time. But I, I would venture to say, though, that the gentleman that you mentioned with his comic book collection or whatever it is, if King Herod was coming to kill his son, he'd probably leave it happily behind and flee into Egypt. Wow. That's a really good point. Um, <laughs> That's and, a really good point. And 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 again, this is, I mean, you know, our, our our blessed mother, who is always the example of the perfect Christian. I mean, whenever we have a question, we always have the answer about how we should be living to look at her and to think and meditate and ponder and pray over the things that she experienced. And and I can only imagine that that moment when it became clear to her and to St. Joseph 
that this child's life was threatened, um, that they, I'm sure, left behind many things, even in their own simple life. Joseph, his tools, his other projects. There's no telling, right? And and they went away into Egypt, um, into another land, another language, another culture, all sorts of you know different things for them to go back into the land of the slavery of the Hebrew people so that the light of the world could ultimately come out again. You know, they left physical things behind. I, I feel very confident in saying that. And then we think about the Blessed Virgin as she followed her son through Galilee and Judea. I mean, they weren't living in a trailer. You know, they weren't dragging around a camper trailer behind them. They were living uh, on the hospitality of others, and they weren't able to bring a lot of possessions with them. But our Lord had his mother there, and she had him. And then even at the foot of the cross, she is given to the Apostle John for her to be cared for by the beloved disciple. And so we see where their priorities were in terms of possessions. Again, the, the collections that people have often can represent a lot of intellectual or artistic or, you know, I mean, we think of the, all the collections that are held in, in the Vatican in the museums. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I had a, an interesting experience when I was um, studying in Rome. I was uh, walking down a street in the city, and it was a street that sells uh, priest vestments and things like that. And, they, of course, they put their best stuff in the window to display. And a woman stopped me, a tourist, American tourist, and she stopped me and she pointed to some chasuble or something, you know, embroidered with some gold thread. And and she said, well, you know, do people really, really still use this kind of thing? And I'm like, well, yes, ma'am, they sure do. And, and she's like, well, you know, um, shouldn't that all be sold and the money given to the poor? And I said, well, what you're saying rings a bell with me because the other person who said that was Judas. You know, he was worried about the money. Mm-hmm. But the woman who broke the alabaster flask, which was a possession, it was a very precious possession. The jar as well as the ointment that was contained within it. Precious things. But she made a relationship of redemption with the Savior through her action. So I think that's important, too, when we think about Again, even these collections and, and people who are particular about their collections, as long as the relationship with Christ grows, then we can understand these things better. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me actually think of another Mary, Mary Magdalene, because I know, uh, and I forget where this is, but the, at one point it talks about Jesus and the apostles, and I believe they are cared for by Mary Magdalene and by other women who are actually women who must be of, you know, they, they have fair, fairly significant wealth. One of them, yes. one of the, the women was, is it Chusa? The, she was the wife of the steward of Herod or something like that. Sure. Um, and so people who said, yeah, we have the means, we have the capability of providing. And that by itself it's not an issue. But then Mary Magdalene goes on to become one of the earliest saints. She's the one who Jesus first appears to before any of the apostles. And so, you know, looking at her life too, that uh, nothing wrong with having money, with having that means there. 
It just depends on how you use it and are you developing that relationship with Christ. And by her supporting Jesus and the apostles and the other women that did that too, not only did they develop that relationship with Christ, but I have to imagine they were a vehicle for so many other people to develop that relationship, get to know, meet, learn from Jesus. There's a, there's another beautiful story, which I just love it so much, is that when St. Francis of Assisi, when he got ready to die, you know, he asked that he be put on the ground, on the, on the actual ground, so that he could die in contact with the earth, no, not even a bed in between him and the earth. But they asked him at the end of his life, was there anything that he wanted? And he said, well, you know, my friend Jacopa, she uh, makes those wonderful almond cookies, the famous Amaretti, right? And he said, I wonder if she could bring me one of these almond cookies. Well, she lived in Rome. In fact, her home is, was at the end of what today is the Circus Maximus. Well, some, and Assisi is three hours by car from Rome. But somehow, Jacopa manages to get herself together and get these cookies made and bring them to Francis so that he can taste her amaretto cookie. And then he passed away. So she brought this sweet taste, you know, and we understand that Francis, of course, is a person who wanted to live a life of total poverty and surrender to the Lord. But he wasn't a person that could abandon his, you know, um, the, the desire for something that brings a consolation. And then, of course, Jacopa, her remains are to this day opposite the tomb of Francis in Assisi. Mm. That's beautiful. Uh, our spiritual director, Father John McDonald, our studio line to join the conversation, 888-914-9149. As we're talking about how even in a very consumerism-driven society and culture, how we don't let that take over in our lives, how have you uh, done that in your own life? especially as we're here in this season of holiday shopping, gift buying. How do you find that balance in your life between buying gifts or even buying things for yourself and being able to keep your focus on God, keep that relationship open? Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. And Father, we've got Denise who's listening to us in California. Hi, Denise. Thanks for calling in today. Hi, Josh. Good morning, Father. Good morning. This topic resonates with me deeply this year. I am a practicing Catholic. I believe or felt that I've always tried to place Advent at the top of my priority, but I do find as Advent begins, I do start to slip as the consumerism slips in and I begin to focus on Christmas. This year was quite different. Um, Because of all the conversation uh, in the news about goods not being available, I was overtaken early by the thought, what if I do not have gifts for my grandchildren? So I began to purchase things online. I usually am a pretty early shopper, but this year I I gathered all of my goods. They began to arrive in the mail. And the second part of my, my story is that there is some angst in our family between our daughter, our only daughter, and um the person who she lives with. We do not have a relationship with him. He is the father of one of her children. So that impacts how I get to see my grandchildren. And a situation came up where there was a little division. And as the gifts began to gather, I just had a feeling, I just want to wrap these and get it over with. 
this season is not going to be exciting or happy for me if I don't get to see my grandchildren. So as I was wrapping and as I was purchasing and prior to purchasing, I kept hearing, maybe this is how the season is supposed to be because we've always focused on the consumerism. And as a secular society, there has been no focus on Jesus. And you preach that you focus on Jesus, but you too get wrapped up in the consumerism. I kept hearing this, this, this voice saying, let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus on Jesus. Yet, as I went through and I see the gifts wrapped in the corner, stacked up and wrapped, the sadness would set in and the bitterness. And I'd hear, it's not about the gifts. It's about reconciling the relationships to the best that you can. It's about focusing on Jesus. And the real eye-opener for me came when I learned that an acquaintance, a very good friend, passed away suddenly late October. In fact, I'm sitting in the parking lot of our church. Her funeral service is going to begin shortly. And it resonated. Let's focus on Jesus. Jesus is here to heal. Jesus is here. We need to be prepared. This beautiful woman for 20 years was the director of our religious education program. And I know she's a devout woman, but I had the question in my mind because she passed suddenly, was she prepared? And then the question deepened with me, are you prepared? So I made the pledge to myself to go back to daily mass, which I had done in the past, and to say my rosary daily and to say um, the divine mercy daily. And what a difference it has made in the week that I have done this. The peace that has come over me, the, the sense of calm, the sense of turn it over to Jesus. Jesus, I trust in you. And it is all in his plan because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And I'm not living my Catholic faith if I am focused on all of that that is around me versus what is within me after receiving Jesus and the Mass. Mm-hmm. No, Denise, I, that's a beautiful, beautiful reflection. And, um, you know, I'm reminded of when we think about to our relationships and particularly in families and there's so many difficulties in families and, and, and so many people. And I think, Denise, what you said to resonates with many, many, many people who are having a similar experience. I know there are people in my parish that have the similar experience that you're describing. But it's so much easier for anyone on this earth to return to the place that they were loved the most. And, you know, I think about my own sweet granny and she was an excellent gift giver. She knew how to absolutely what you wanted. You didn't even know you wanted it and she could get these good gifts. But um, but none of those gifts are around me right now. But I wish but the relationship and she helped to introduce me to the Lord Jesus and give me an example of someone who loved him unconditionally. And at the end of the day, um, I think that's a, a major part of what it is that we're called to do. And you're describing to this wonderful woman in religious education who is doing the same thing for children and for adults. And 
in the current moment, you know, we may find all these difficulties in very charged emotional situations and, and, and all kinds of things we'll find. But at the end of the day, in the long term, people always find it easier to return to the place where they were most loved. And, of course, we know that the place that we, each one of us, is most loved is before the altar, shoulder to shoulder, before the altar. So, Denise, thanks so much for calling in and sharing uh, your story with us. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149, as we're talking with Father John McDonald today about consumerism, how we don't get caught up in the, the buying of things, how we don't get too caught up in needing the newest and latest, um, and especially with all the holidays upon us, all of the gift buying that's going out there. How do you find that balance in your life? between buying gifts or buying things for yourself and keeping your focus on God and what God is saying to you in your life. Again, 888-914-9149 to call into the program or email innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll continue our conversation and take more of your phone calls coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and we're speaking today with Father John McDonald, our spiritual director. He's a priest in the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama, pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Church in Anniston, Alabama. Today, talking about consumerism, how we don't let all of the things that we buy, all the goods and services out there, uh, we don't let those uh, crowd in and take that space, that time in our lives that is, it should be devoted to God and how we can find that balance, buying the things that we need, buying gifts for other people, especially here with the holidays, but not getting so caught up in that, that it robs us of that peace that we can have in our lives of uh, hearing God as he's speaking to us. And how has that happened in your life? 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Also, as we are approaching Advent, I want to make sure you know about a wonderful opportunity for you to really focus on the season of Advent, not get caught up in uh, what the rest of our culture says is... <laughs> really happening. Uh, our culture, our society says, okay, it's the season of Christmas. No, it's the season of Advent leading up to Christmas. And Father Rocky, our executive director here, has recorded some short daily audio reflections that we call Advent Inspirations. And you can have one of those emailed to you every morning throughout Lent. And they're absolutely free. All you have to do is just go to relevantradio.com or go on the Relevant Radio app and you can sign up there. You'll see a banner or or you can also just go directly to the website to sign up where it's relevantradio.com slash advent. And I hope you do register. I hope you're able to get those advent inspirations uh, sent to you every day and help you focus on that event during advent, not, uh, not get too far ahead of the game and say it's Christmas before it is. Father, as we continue our conversation here, um, you know, one of the things that I think that 
we've we've kind of danced around. We haven't outright said it, but there's really kind of two things that keep coming back into my mind as we're talking about consumerism, about how we uh, try and make that time and that space in our lives for God. One thing is attachments, being attached to things where those take us away from God. And the other aspect is having to come back to, uh, to the concept, to the idea that we are stewards of all the gifts that God has given us. And maybe we can spend just a little bit of time talking about those two things. First of all, in regards to attachments, there are things that we need. There's no way around the fact that we're going to have to buy certain things that uh, you know we'll need. We have to buy food, we need clothing, a place to live, a bed to sleep in, those sorts of things. How do you think we orient our minds and our hearts in a way so that we don't get overly attached to the things in our lives, but we really do have that idea of, well, these are my needs. God has given me, you know, the money or the resources that I have so I can acquire these things, but they're just a means for me to then be able to, again, use the time and the resources I have to get to know, love, and serve God better. Well, you know, money has no emotion, only the human person. So money does not care where you put it, but it does indicate what your loyalties are and what your priorities are in life. Very clear. Um, we put resources where, um, where, our um our real concern is and you know and this is something that we see played out all over the world i mean there's a reason why amazon is as big as it is um it's not because people are trying to uh live a simple life even though we as you mentioned quite rightly we do need things uh, around us and things to live our lives but again we go back to the central principle that we've mentioned before the things around me indicate characteristics of my relationship. It, this is something I learned very early in school. I remember my third grade teacher, Ms. Miller, she said, your, your notebooks, your backpack, how you wash your hands, it's just all those things are extensions of your person. If you, don't, if you don't do things nicely and keep your things up that you have, then you're telling the world that you have other priorities. So um, I think stewardship is a similar concept, and um, it's important for us to um, place our priorities in a concrete fashion. I mean, even outside of talking about money, where, where, where do I spend my time? Do I spend my time um, fooling around, you know, scrolling through endless social media posts, or do I spend my time... Uh, paying attention to the person that's actually next to me in my house. Um, so I think uh, stewardship as a broad concept is all about how we indicate through our management of temporal goods a lot of the priorities of our heart. Uh, again, talking with Father uh, John McDonald here on The Inner Life today, taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. And we've got Margie who's listening to us in Sacramento. Hi, Margie. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life. You're on the air with Father McDonald. Oh, hello, Father. Uh, good, good morning, Margie. We have practical gift-giving ideas that, that I, I made, made up over the, over the last three years 
Um, one time, uh, it, it's, it's only my son and, and daughter-in-law who were who half an hour away in Sacramento from me. But anyway, he he gives me a, a list of stuff that he needs on 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 email, and 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 I tell him what I need. Or um, one one year we, I mean, for the last two years, I paid a house, a house payment for them mm. for a month. You know, one house payment because. They're buying their house, you know, right? And and and, and on their time, we 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 send each other gifts that we use every day or every year, like cat litter, cat, cat food, um, toilet paper, detergents, and that way you never have to return anything. That's right. You can't return those things, not at all. That's a well, and you know, go ahead. No, go ahead, Father. I was just going to say that Margie just brings up a great point of you know practical needs practical items that you get for somebody again it's i care about you and you know i'm trying to help you especially if you know i I mean my wife and i have adult daughters that are out on their own and that's probably pretty much a lot of our our christmas giving this year for them will be how can we help you as you're starting off in adult life Mm -hmm. well and and margie is she said something truly beautiful which was to pay a house payment for someone to be concerned about somebody's stability and their security, um, to move forward in life, you know, creating a home for uh, someone. That's, um, that's, I mean, that's such a beautiful act of charity. And, and often, particularly in North America, you know, we have this feeling that, you know, once our children turn 18, they thrown out of the house and are to fend for themselves. But, uh, but, but practically, you know, again, in, in our families, in our families, how can we, you know, build one another up? And then the day will come too when parents who have done these things for their children and tried to help them be stable and, and secure, the day will come when the children will have to take care of the parents. You know, this is such a forgotten part of our, our society, which are the, the abandoned elderly. You know, and so in Catholic people are supposed to be pro-life and we're supposed to uh, from conception to natural death and make sure that, you know, we're providing for the dignity, too, of our of our of our elderly um, family members and friends and look out for them. And, you know, it's been my experience, too, that around Christmas time, when you go out and around and visit people that are, you know, sort of shut in their homes or in nursing homes and things like this. If you bring a lot of the practical gifts that Margie is mentioning, oh, it's just the biggest Christmas they ever saw. Um, yeah. Because in, in at that time in life, their needs have been reduced, and a very simple thing brings so much joy. And my mom was actually involved uh, in a food bank ministry, and one of the things that they said were one of the most needed items were things like soap, toothpaste, toothbrushes, mm-hmm. just very practical things like that. Uh, Father McDonald, down to just about 30 seconds here. Could I ask you to offer our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour? Well, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, send Amen. the most Holy Spirit your blessing upon your people, that we might always follow your divine inspirations to be together as one body, one spirit in Christ. We ask this with the same, Lord Jesus, who lives and reigns with you, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. 
You're welcome. Thank Father you. John McDonald. Yeah, so good to talk to you today. And of course, the podcast available at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Stay tuned. Mass is coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained. Here on Relevant Radio, they're going to talk about Hanukkah. <laughs> It'll be a good conversation. <laughs> 